0: What up? It's Ryan Satin back with another WWE on Fox Raw Roundup. What's going on, everyone? I hope your week kicked off well. Mine was actually fairly eventful. My Monday, uh, I got woken up early with the news of John Cena coming back and I had to spring into action, getting the article written early in the morning. Uh, Getting it up on the website, getting it out to all of you people, but yes, as I reported this morning, John Cena is making his return to WWE on September 1st on Friday night, SmackDown. I'm super excited about that. I'm going to talk about it a little later when we talk about WWE bringing it up on TV, but suffice to say, I have had an eventful day. I'm ready to go to bed a little early tonight after getting (laughs) woken up this morning. Uh, let's see. Okay, another little brief update here before I get into breaking this show down. I know I told you guys that when I brought these roundups back, I was going to make sure I did it at a time where I wouldn't have to go pause them for any reason. I'd be able to do them consecutively. I've been excited to do these again. Um, however, uh, I, I recently suffered a loss in my family, um... With my my stepmom's father, uh, great guy, Walter Cannett, super, super great person. Uh, rest in peace, Walter. But I got to go out to his celebration of life in, in Berkeley. So I will not be able to do the SmackDown roundup this week. I apologize. I am sorry. I know there's good stuff planned, but I will be back. I will be back the following week. Do not worry. These roundups will continue. Uh, I mean, I'll be back for Raw, obviously, and that SmackDown. So the, Smackdown, the next SmackDown roundup that I do will be regarding the return of John Cena, which Fox Sports exclusively reported this morning. You're welcome. <laughs> um, man, I'm looking at this calendar. I was double-checking. I can't believe my birthday is next week. 37 years old next week. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I think I'm hitting one of those midlife crises that I've always heard about my entire life. Let's not get into that. Let's, instead of breaking down my midlife crisis, let's break down this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Which began with Sami Zayn coming out to a huge ovation from the Quebec crowd. He soaks it up for a while. but Before he is able to say much though gets interrupted by Judgment Day. Sammy stops them before they get in the ring to attack and lets them know he's, of course, not alone. This prompts an entrance from Kevin Owens, who clears the group from the ring and challenges challenges them to a tag match later. Any two members of Judgment Day challenge to a match later. That's going to be a running theme throughout this episode. The two members of Judgment Day who get... the, The fact that only two members of Judgment Day get to be in this match and the fact that it wasn't specified which by kevin owens and sammy we'll get to that uh, but i just gotta say just right here off the top um these hometown ovations are always fun to watch it's always fun to watch you know i'm never I, there's only a handful of you i can think of who are like hometown people that like and they're really not even my hometown um who I'm like, oh, that's cool, you know, and I, I I get I get happy when the name gets you know when the place gets mentioned, um, but maybe it's just because I don't have enough wrestlers from where I'm from or I, I don't know, but for me, uh, I don't ever get excited about that too excited about the hometown thing, but man, do the people in certain places love certain people, and those French Canadians freaking love Sami Zayn. And Kevin Owens uh, both those guys getting huge reactions from the crowd um, they clearly have a connection with the audiences there they got a connection with audiences everywhere but but specifically um, there's that there's that Quebec love uh, that that these people just you know show up for every time for these two and so uh, as long as it goes it's always entertaining to watch so after that we had New Day versus Riddle and McIntyre. Uh, McIntyre suplexed both members of the group and they rolled out of the ring. Then he suplexed Matt Riddle onto both of them. Kofi at one point dove off the top rope and got hit with a brutal flash knee by Riddle, who followed that up with a fisherman's suplex off the top rope. Eric from Viking Raiders then coyly pulled Drew McIntyre off the apron, allowing Kofi to hit the trouble in paradise on Riddle for the win. Viking Raiders, and then got in the ring and took out New Day, but got sent into retreat shortly after by Drew McIntyre. This was a good match. Very entertaining match. Um, like I said last week, and I you know, said it on Twitter as well, tonight, um, it's just hard for me to get invested in, in, the, in this, new, this new silly team of Matt Riddle's. Um, I, I mean, I hope that it leads to a heel turn, but I also kind of like... I don't know what I think about Drew McIntyre turning heel. Because that could be where this is leading. I saw a bunch of people respond to my tweet saying that. um, That this could be the setup for a heel turn. It's just when I look at it, I'm just thinking to myself two things. Uh, Well, mainly one thing. Uh, And that one thing is like, as much as I would enjoy... Drew McIntyre being a heel again. I did read that interview he recently talked about, where he recently talked about the the, the idea of turning heel, and how he really does like being there for you know make a wish type stuff and Special Olympics type stuff, and and he sees what the character of Drew McIntyre means to people as a babyface, and he's not entirely sure he wants to turn heel. I can understand that. It's very John Cena like, but I can understand that. Um, he does have. A big baby face following still, like the people. It's not like, it's not like people are bored of Drew McIntyre and what he's doing. He just doesn't have a compelling story right now. It feels like. I don't think people are necessarily just are. I don't think people are bored with Drew McIntyre. The guy wrestles his ass off whenever he's in the ring. Guy the banger at WrestleMania. Um, the guy's just been pumping out bangers, much like Sheamus. So I don't think it's that. I just think that there's not really a compelling story that he's been involved in lately. And I don't know if this is it. You know, I talked about it from a Riddle perspective, but from a Drew McIntyre perspective, either. I don't know if this is the thing that's going to kind of regain that interest in, in the audience. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I saw people liking it on Twitter. Um, but I just, yeah, I mean, the match itself, though, was great. I mean, that flash knee by Riddle, the Fisherman suplex off top rope was sick. Um, kind of reinforced what I was thinking about Riddle, where I just think that he should be wrestling in singles competition. Uh, but I digress. Uh, and there's going to be a little bit more from these four in just a little bit. So we'll get to that. Uh, after that, JD McDonough and Finn Balor were interviewed backstage. JD says he hopes his friendship with Balor doesn't cause any issues between Judgment Day because Finn is like a brother to him. Rhea then approaches, telling Finn they got to talk about who's facing Sammy and Kevin later. But as JD goes to follow along, she stops him and, and basically tells him, nah, bruh. Uh, then there's a vignette on Shayna Baszler saying she's in a vendetta kind of mood after beating Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. And says, I'm not here to be your hero. I'm here to set it all on fire. There were also a lot of cool shots in this showing Shayna's moves crushing bones. Small thing, but I love vignettes. And I don't know why, but I think that they they not enough uh, cool effects are utilized in them. And I like this where it was showing Shayna doing the moves and people's faces busting open or their shoulders snapping or whatever. Um, when I see this kind of thing, I go, like, that's how you – I'm someone who thinks that, like, you have to – there are people who watch this that, that are casual fans. Um, but just even non-casual fans, I think the way you get people excited about something or the way you get something over – is to show people, you know, and you gotta, when you see these moves on display, and you see what they're doing to someone's jaw, when they get one of those knees, or they're, you know, just the, what her moves are doing to various body parts, I think it's smart, I think it looks rad, and I think it helps get her move set over, even if it's in a small amount, um, I think it, I think it makes a difference, um, so I'm excited to see the follow-up to Shayna, um, i I do think that Shayna is a is, right now though is an example of one of the issues on Monday night raw where it's something big happens and then it takes a little bit before we see them again um I don't like that <laughs> I don't like just having to wait there's so many hours in the show um I'm kind of I don't think that we've seen shayna since summerslam I know it's only been a week but I don't know if we saw her last week. I'm trying to think. Maybe I'm tripping. Um, but I do think that, like, you know, a big win over Ronda Rousey should have been a big deal. And instead, there hasn't been a ton of follow up to it until this. So I liked this. I thought this is a step in the right direction. Uh, we also got a Gunther promo from earlier in the day. Gunther says, Time isn't his enemy, it's his friend. Because he's, as each day passes, it continues to build his legacy. Your little fairy tale story will end tonight, and then we got some final comments from Gable before the match. But first, Otis and Maxine both thank Chad for what he's done for their careers, and Maxine reminds everyone that if anyone can pull off the impossible, it's Chad Gable. Gable then hits a uh, an, uh, <laughs> I almost breezed past that. Chad then hits a a thank you before heading to the ring. Uh, we're gonna talk about that match, but first. There was a video package hyping John Cena's return to SmackDown on September 1st. Like I said, I'm excited. Broke the news this morning. I was up early working on this to get the word out about it. WWE had a bunch of hype for it tonight on Monday Night Raw. Here's what I want to see happen with John Cena. I want to see John Cena get involved with a segment involving The Miz and Grayson Waller only for LA Knight to make an appearance, and then we get a tag match. Grayson Waller and The Miz against John Cena and LA Knight. Yeah! I think that would be awesome. I think that it would help get Grayson Waller over as a heel more, since he's already got his beef with John Cena. We get to revisit some history with Cena and The Miz, and also Cena gets to give the rub to LA Knight a little bit. One of the rising baby faces in the company getting the seal of approval from John Cena. Something I want to see when John Cena returns on September 1st on Friday Night SmackDown. Wouldn't that be sick? That's what I want to see happen. I think that's where it's at. I think that's where the money is at. Speaking of money, we got Chad Gable versus Gunther. I see title match. This was so good. I love it. And this was only a taste of what we can see from these gentlemen. I like that we're only getting little tastes of what we can see from these guys because those little tastes have been fantastic and getting a full portion is going to be freaking awesome. So this match started off slow with Gunther using various holds and tosses until Gable came back with some classic moves of his own. Unfortunately, Gable got tossed out of the ring by Gunther shortly before a commercial break, and when they came back, Gunther was still in control. Gunther tried to embarrass Gable, which fired him up, and he got a brief flurry of offense in, but Gunther took him down again after hitting him with a brutal chop in the air after he jumped off the top rope, followed up by a clothesline. Gunther then locked in his signature sleeper, but Gable powered up to a vertical base, And began mounting a comeback. Gable hit a dragon screw into an ankle lock. Magunther kicked Chad off of him. Gable hit a delayed bridging German suplex for a close two count. All of this so fantastic up to this point because they, you know, I know it's cliche. It's it's a basic thing to say, but telling a story. You want to tell a story, right? And this match told a story, even in the short amount of time it was on TV. Um, I wouldn't say short; it had a decent. This this had a good amount of time to it, um, but it you know in the beginning, it's like you know an Olympian against this you know this unmovable force who's just been dominant. This dominant force against an Olympian, and he's showing the Olympian that he can do, you know do all these holds and tosses just like the other people he's been in the ring with. And he keeps going, and he and he's, and he's pushing, and no matter how hard Gable, you know, tries to fend him off, he can't. But finally, the Olympian digs down deep once he's embarrassed by Gunther a little bit, and gets that little flurry of an offense in. Uh, but really, it's it was it was a showcase for the for the the underdog, you know, attitude of Chad Gable. Um, up to this point, you know, he finally works his way back up. You can't believe that he's that he's you know, every time Gunther shuts him down, he has an answer and gets right back up. So good, classic wrestling stuff. Uh, Then Gunther shoved Gable off the top rope onto the outside and continued to assault him. But Chad moved away when he went for a chop, and Gunther slammed the ring post so hard. Gable then hit a German suplex over the barricade as the count was almost over. And as he rolled into the ring, the 10-count ended. Gable wins, but Gunther retains. And this is now Gunther's first official loss on the main roster. What do I think about this? I love it. I love it. The last time we spoke, I talked about how I want Gable to be the one to dethrone Gunther. But it's got to be after Gunther breaks the honky-tonk man's record. He's gotten this far. There's no reason to not get him all the way. Um, you know, you're gonna be like, "Well, Ryan, you gotta, You know, you complain about Roman Reigns for just having to get to a number, but that's because Roman Reigns is. I'm gonna jinx myself here, but I don't think Roman Reigns is beating Bruno San Martino's record. That's a that's a lofty record for him to break. I don't think he's doing it. So, <laughs> being number two isn't that isn't as cool. But Gunther has the chance to beat Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man's record, he absolutely should. And now, you know, I saw Sean Ross's tweet that they're in Memphis next week. Come on. Honky Tonk Man, right before the record's going to get broken is in Memphis. You got to have Honky Tonk Man on the show next week. There has to be some sort of confrontation or match. I would love it if Chad Gable brought out Honky Tonk Man as an honorary member. American Alpha, and maybe we get some sort I think Honky... Hold on. I think Honky Tonk Man still wrestles, guys. Uh Honky Tonk Man cage match. Let's see. When's the last Honky Tonk Man match? Let's see. 2019. All right. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Uh, When's the last singles match he had? You know what? Fine. Let's do a tag match. Next week, Do let's do... Imperium, oh, that's it. Oh my god, I've just gotten to it myself. It's Imperium versus Alpha Academy. It's Imperium versus Alpha Academy with their honorary member, Honky Tonk Man. Come on! And then Gunther just chops the hell out of Honky Tonk Man once he gets the pin. He beats the former champion. Doesn't have to be with the title on the line. Then the next week, I think, is when he breaks the record. And then right after that... or no, no, no. Anyway, it's right after Payback, I think, is when he beats the record. We're right there. Just let Chad stay in this feud for a few more weeks. And then be the one to dethrone Gunther right after he breaks the record. Come on. That's too too, too good. You, you can't not do all that. I'm going to be so pissed if Honky Tonk Man's not on the show next week. That's just me. Uh <laughs> Uh, where are we? Okay, Judgment Day meet up backstage after this. Baller and Priest can't agree on which two members will wrestle later. And Rhea tells them to get their stuff together. I don't want to see a Judgment Day breakup, so I'm hating all of this tension continuing. Uh, Cody Rhodes talks to Byron Saxton after that. Cody says that Chaney's <laughs> that head is so big on that little body that he's looking like a Funko Pop. He then explains that this backstage setup isn't the vibe, so he walks Byron out to the stage with him. Cody hypes the main event and says he'll be watching very closely tonight as the Judgment Day rises, then falls. Cody saying that JD's head is so big on that little body that he's looking like a Funko Pop reminded me of old school Cena, where Cena would say something about someone that was that was too true. That was too true. <laughs> And you're like, oh, man, you shouldn't have pointed that out because now no one's ever going to be able to not see it. That's, that's, that's what's happening there. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the rest of my thoughts on this week's Monday Night Raw. All right, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed the commercial. Uh, we got Shinsuke Nakamura after this, explaining what he whispered to Seth Rollins. Uh, it was a pre-taped vignette. And uh, Shinsuke said that he whispered, I know about your back. Says Seth's back has been broken for many years. He lives in pain, and this pain creates a void inside of him that nothing can fill. When he hugs his wife, his child, when he's world champion. But Nakamura knows he's in constant pain when he's doing these things. Says Seth lives by a code that's tattooed on that very same back that's injured, but right now he's not living up to that code. Nakamura says he will not be satisfied until he takes this burden from Seth and breaks him once and for all. This was so sick. This was awesome. Like, I have enjoyed so much of Shinsuke Nakamura has done in WWE, but he's obviously so much more natural when he's speaking in Japanese and he can really sound, you know, the way he wants to sound. His uniqueness can, can shine through. And this was one of those ways where his uniqueness shined through, just having him cut the whole promo in Japanese and saying these things that not only are true because we've heard Seth talk about it in interviews prior to this, um, but just it it, it 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 accentuated his character. You know, the whole thing about back in the day with Paul Heyman and why ECW did so well. People always said that he accentuated the positives and ignored the negative, you know, or or, or try to detract from the negatives. Um, and this is one of those things where you're accentuating the positives of Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, you're 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 broadcasting his uniqueness. Uh, you're making him sound smart, um, but but weird. <laughs> um, and you're having him sound like a real competitor who is taking advantage of a weakness and and utilizing it to his benefit. I think it makes him look like a smart wrestler. The, the video package was cool. Um, everything about this is something I was a fan of. Uh, I got no problem with having to read a few subtitles. So uh, more like this from Nakamura in the future, please. This was dope. I, I was a big, big fan of this. Then we had Rhea Ripley versus Candice LeRae. Candice reversed a Riptide into a DDT, then hit a Lion Salt for a two count. But it's not long before Rhea rocks, locks in the clover leaf for the win, a bummer that Candace got such little time, I just don't understand, well, I'll get to it, hold on, I just, well, I just don't understand why Candace and Johnny are just, man, they had such big returns, and I just kind of feel like they're just being ignored, yeah, yeah well, I will agree, the Dexter Loomis stuff didn't really work that much, but they're not Dexter Loomis, they don't need to recreate the way, Candice LeRae is so dope. Her and, her and Indy should be killing it in tag matches, not losing squashes. You know, Johnny Gargano should be on TV right now, not being Dexter Lewis's like manager and mouthpiece. He's like one of the best wrestlers in the world. He could be killing it in bangers for the IC title. I don't know. I just I don't understand what's going on with though that sector of people. Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, even in indie Hartwell. To that matter. I think she's super talented and not a lot has been done with her since the draft began. Uh so then Re- uh, Raquel walks out onto the stage after the match. She's got a crutch, but it's a trick. She throws the crutch into Rhea's face and then takes the fight into the ring and hits a monster clothesline on Rhea Ripley, followed by a follow-away slam as Rhea retreated to starts retreating to the back. Uh, Raquel tells her not to go anywhere though because as of today, she's officially been medically cleared. And at payback, it's going to be Rhea versus Raquel. And she's going to take that Women's World Championship. Um, I'm ready for an actual solid feud for Rhea Ripley. Because she's one of the most over people in the entire company right now. And... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> hasn't really been in a store... Like, like a like a feud for her title, really. Like, to my knowledge. Like, I guess that she had the Talia thing. But she hasn't really, like, had a lot... During her reign, and I definitely don't want her to lose yet, as much as I love Raquel Rodriguez as a wrestler, and as as much as I do think that she has the ability to be the one to dethrone her, not anywhere near enough has been done with Rhea Ripley and, and her holding that title yet. Um, you know, it was supposed to be like a passing of the torch, a, a new star being born. And while, yes, she... It, is undoubtedly one of the top stars in the company right now and one of the most over people. Um, she's not getting a lot of love in the actual wrestling department. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm stoked we're finally at this point. I'm definitely stoked that we're finally at this point, and I'm stoked that Rhea is getting a credible opponent who she can have a longer match with. Um, but I, I'm hoping they don't take the belt off of Rhea yet. Because, yes, Raquel is a future women's world champion, but Rhea has barely had time to shine yet in this title uh, this title reign. So then we got Ciampa cutting a promo backstage about his recent losses. Says he didn't come back to be this close. He came back to be the guy. I'm not here to play any games. I'm here to take over the game. Uh, and similarly on that Gargano note, it's interesting to me That no mention of Gargano here. You know, he's got this whole online search for Gargano going on right now. And I find it interesting that it's not translating to television at all. That doesn't seem to be what Chomp's character was talking about. Um, So once again, I say, what the hell is going on with Johnny Gargano? Excuse my language. Uh, Next, Miz comes out for the match where he said he'd wrestle someone of significance as a lesson to LA Knight. But this simply becomes a match against Tazawa, as the match begins however LA Knight's music hits and he walks to the ring uh, causes a distraction of course Miz did his kicks while taunting LA Knight and telling him the fads that he's comparable to uh, and at this point in the match you know as the match was going on I was watching this and I couldn't believe the amount of offense they were giving to Tazawa in this match um, you know Tazawa isn't used very often but when he is the fans love him like, that man gets big reactions every time he comes out. Um, not only is he a good wrestler, but he's also hilarious, which helps. Um, but I was just sitting here thinking, like, man, he's wrestling a former world champion. Kind of kind of getting a lot, a lot more offense in than I thought. And at that point, uh, Miz taunts LA Knight again as he's setting up for the skull-crushing finale. And Tozawa reversed it. And got a surprise roll-up win. I think I saw Sean Rossap tweet that uh, this was his first win on Raw since like 2017 for the for the cruiserweight title. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a long time to have not won on Monday Night Raw. Uh, but more power to, to zawa man, for for sticking it out in that time, being a being a trooper, and then finally getting an opportunity like that. As Miz argued with the ref, Knight turned him around and hit the BFT. Uh, as I said, I kind of hope this is leading to some sort of interaction with John Cena when he's on SmackDown, but who knows? Um, I'm guessing we'll get a rematch next week of some sort against Tozawa and the Miz, but, but good for Tozawa, man. Good for Tozawa to get that win, for, for holding out that long and and finally getting that win. And, and props to Miz for... Being so confident in his character that a, mis- that, that a loss like that, uh, he knows, won't hurt his character whatsoever. So then uh, Drew tells Riddle he's not interested in teaming further. But New Day walk up and say they should keep it going. They even offer up the name of Mick Riddle for the team, which made me laugh. Uh, Riddle then begs for another match. and Drew seems interested but walks away. As much as I like the name McRiddle, no, I stand firm in my thoughts that this this doesn't need to go that much further. Or maybe it's a heel turn for Drew McIntyre. If that were the case, I'm interested. Drew's a, Drew's an awesome heel. And the thought of Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre for the world title down the line or in the near future does intrigue me. Uh, Rhea asks Priest if he works things out. If he worked things out with Finn. Uh, But Priest says Balor told him he doesn't trust him. Rhea gets angry, saying she gave them a chance to work it out. But now they're going to do things her way. We'll see what that is soon. But first, Becky Lynch came out to talk about her upcoming cage match against Trish Stratus at Payback. Becky says her legacy will be defined by survival because no matter what happens to her, she'll always come back. Trish eventually interrupts and soaks in the hometown reaction before turning it around and trashing the fans. Saying it's not like this is Montreal or Toronto. Trish then admits of being scared uh, to being scared of stepping into the cage match, into a cage match for the very first time. But that never stopped her in the past, and she always rises to the occasion. She, then's war- she then warns Becky that she should be scared too because she's not going to survive this one. Uh, then they ask Becky what she was saying when they came out about about Zoe Stark. Becky explains that the that she'll be in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Next week against Zoe Stark. Okay, so I have a disconnect here because I kind of like all this stuff that's going on with Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. No, I don't think the match that they had was was fantastic. Uh, has the in ring mm, step as the as the in ring been on the level of the rest of it? No, not necessarily. Um, but man, I love Trish as a heel. I tweeted during the show about how I love it, and people were calling me a shill and hitting me with the cap and, and all those things. Um, but I was being genuine. I actually think that Trish Stratus is great as a heel. She does make me laugh on the microphone. Someone said she's got no charisma. Someone said that poor delivery. I, I don't see those things. I was, I'm was genuinely entertained. I, I know that the, the people in the arena seem to be on the opposite side of me too. I think they were chanting like, we don't care when Trish was talking about how she didn't understand what they were saying. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a disconnect from here, but I thought this was very entertaining. I felt like Trish Stratus as a heel is a hundred thousand times better than anything she's done in any of her recent returns, where she just plays the babyface. This is the Trish Stratus I've wanted to see—the one that was mad over not getting respected. I don't know. I just maybe that's me. I don't know, but I've I've definitely I definitely enjoyed this segment. I was like laughing the whole time. All right, so then Chelsea Green and Piper Niven get interviewed by Byron Saxton. Nothing too much to uh, analyze there. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven versus Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Uh, This was a quick one that Piper won for their team with a running cross body. Piper then carried Chelsea out on her shoulders. Uh, I was kind of surprised at how quickly they defeated Chance and Carter. Um, Katana Chance and Caden Carter Despite not getting a ton of reaction when they come out, um, they're, they're like a pretty dope team. They do like really cool stuff, like they're busting out like a move each match that that you've never seen in a tag team before. That's like cool to me. I don't know. I I like the innovativeness in their matches and the things that they're trying out on a consistent basis. So I didn't love them uh, being taken down so easily. But I also understand that the audience isn't fully there for them yet. What I do think is I, I think there needs to be more done to get them over. Um, they had the one thing about how they're party people, but I don't know. I think they need a little more to, to define that so that people maybe get into it more. Because right now, um, people aren't aren't super behind it yet, despite the fact that they're out there doing some pretty dope stuff when they're in the match. So then we got Seth Rollins backstage after this. Excuse me. Seth explains that Nakamura did catch him off guard last week when he brought up his back injury, but if he's being honest, he does have two fractures in his lumbar spine. However, if Nakamura wants to mention his wife and daughter, then he better be prepared to face him man-to-man rather than via pre-taped promo. Rollins tells Nakamura that next week he'll give him another chance to play mind games in the middle of the ring um I like where this story is going between Seth Rollins and Nakamura um we've seen Seth Rollins kind of doing the same thing for a while and I'm a I'm, I'm a big fan of it I'm enjoying everything that he's doing but you know it's it's been similar in a way at times um I like when we get that serious side of Seth Rollins again when he really has to Turn it up and, and and get out of the laughy sing songy mode, and, and get into champion mode. I like when we see that, <clears throat> and I felt like this was a good example of that. Um, I I think that when you're showing vulnerability in a character like this, um, it also you know adds to adds a wrinkle to their character and adds some depth to it rather than them doing the same thing all the time. So. I like this. I like what's going on with Nakamura. I like what Rollins is doing. I like the feud. I'm excited for the match. I'm a big fan of all of this. Lastly, the main event, we got Sami and Kevin versus Balor and Priest. Rhea angrily pushes Balor and Priest out, saying she made the decision, and then the match begins. Owens gets on fire and beats everyone up, only for JD McDonough to appear out of nowhere in an effort to help Judgment Day. He then tosses the Money in the Bank briefcase to Finn, but Owens catches it instead and uses on uses it, eh, eh, and uses it on Finn himself to get DQ'd. Judgment Day all team up on Sammy and Kevin, so Cody Rhodes runs out, and the match eventually becomes a three versus three after the commercial break. I'm never really a big fan of when they do this, um, but alas, here we are. Cody, Sammy, Kevin versus Finn, Priest, and Dominic. In the final stretch of the match, Sammy got the tag then just took it to Judgment Day until Rhea knocked him off the top rope. This allowed Priest to hit the South of Heaven Choke Slam, but KO broke up the pin. Sammy then reversed a frog splash from Dominic and tagged out to Cody, who hit a disaster kick and a dual Cody cutter on Dom and Priest. Cody then hit the crossroads on Balor. Balor wasn't the legal man, and Dom rolled Cody up. Kick out. Cody hits the crossroads on Dom, tags out to Sammy, who then tags out to KO and hits the haluba kick. KO steps in, hits the stunner on Dom for the win. After the match, Sammy got on the mic and told Judgment Day, better luck next time, bud. Um, Everything was sound in all of this. I just kind of want something better for Cody and Sammy. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I guess they were in such a good story that this feels kind of just so lackluster now as the follow-up. Um I just felt like yeah, they haven't had a like a, a good story that I'm really like invested in since WrestleMania and I, and I'm a huge fan of Sammy and Kevin. Um so I don't know what it, I don't know what is missing for me to be more invested. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just don't like when it feels like the story is like, who's the better wrestler always. And I know that's silly to say since I'm watching pro wrestling, but I kind of want more to the story than that. That's kind of where, it's kind of where I feel like it's been the past couple weeks. You know, besides the injury and I know, you know, Kevin hasn't wrestled for a little bit, but, um, Yeah, I I just, I I don't think I'm like super loving Judgment Day versus Sammy and Kevin. I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm being grumpy. I don't know. Let's wrap it up since I don't really have an answer to where I'm trying to go with that. Don't forget, if you're listening to this, make sure that you are subscribed to the out of character. Excuse me. Make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find out of character every Wednesday on video clips, YouTube shorts from the show, also clips from Raw and SmackDown as well. So make sure that you are subscribed to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. Go follow us on social media as well at WWE on Fox. We're on every single platform. And don't forget, I'm not going to be doing a roundup on Friday, but I got a good out of character coming your way this Wednesday with NXT superstar Joe Gacy. So make sure you check that out as well. All right, that's it. I'm done officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been the WWE on Fox Raw Roundup.